Welcome to this episode of my podcast series, The View from My Middle Finger, where I look at the world through the many social media platforms. This is The View Through My Middle Finger, where your opinion matters, but The View always looks different from my middle finger. Online dating, a sin or savior. If you're single and seeking a partner, perhaps a long-term relationship opportunity, where do you turn to? Most these days turn to online dating apps. But where did people turn to before these apps were available? In this episode of The View From My Middle Finger, we look at dating. We look at what people do to find the person of their dreams. We will turn to the internet to share some of these experiences and also some that have had a less than satisfying online dating experience. Baby, you're better than that. You won't find love on dating apps. You will get tired of the swipes once you reach your fifth. You won't find your sex vendor Let's have a look at the genesis of dating in the digital world and what led up to where we are now and the latest in online dating apps. How do you choose a date? Whose company would you enjoy? Well, one thing you can consider is looks. Like everything else these days, courtship has gone online. Can that so-called science really find your soulmate? But I've never been out on a dinner date before. I'm just scared to death. Online dating is now a multi-billion dollar industry. One in five dating relationships started online. But is there really a formula for love? It's 1959 and two electrical engineering students at Stanford are working on their final class project. It uses a questionnaire and an IBM 650 to match make 49 men and 49 women. They call it the Happy Families Planning Service. There are no long-term matches, but they do get an A for their work. It was the 1960s when computer scientists started to get interested in personal relationships. And in particular, they were interested in whether they could improve the efficiency by which people matched. Similar small data-driven systems appear, but in 1965, it's Operation Match that really starts to take the blindness out of a blind date. For $3, you can answer over 100 questions about yourself and your ideal date. The answers are recorded on punch cards, run through a five-ton IBM computer, and a few weeks later, you get the names and numbers of your top six matches. Computer technology has moved so fast. It matched on the basis of things that people had in common, so religion, hobbies, attitudes to life in general. And we actually know now that that's not the most effective way of matching people. Six months after the launch, 90,000 Operation Match questionnaires are received making the company $270,000. In 1995, Match.com is launched by American engineer Gary Kramen. And then in 2005, a group of employees at PayPal create a website where people can upload videos of themselves to try and get a date. The tagline is, tune in, hook up. It doesn't take off. So instead, it rebrands itself as YouTube. Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. It's 2007, and the iPhone has just been released. Soon, new dating apps start to appear. 
Most dating apps are notoriously private about the algorithms they use and that's because they use quite simple ones and they don't have very much proof that any of them lead to better matching. They don't really want everybody to find love on the first hit because then they'd all be out of business. In 2017, around 40% of American heterosexual couples first meet online. And by 2018, dating services in the US are estimated to be a $3 billion a year business. Lots of people anecdotally are saying they're fed up of using dating apps, but at the same time, business is absolutely booming. The number of users between 2016 and 2017 in the world doubled. Even though there's on the horizon the possibility of video dating and augmented reality for dating, none of those things can give you an indication of chemistry and you could only find that out when you meet somebody face to face. That's still going to be overridingly the way in which people meet and fall in love. Now, cast your mind back, listeners, to the late 1970s, early 80s, with the invention of beta and VHS tape. Someone had a great idea. Why just take videos of the family on special occasions? Why not provide a service where singles would arrange a very cheesy video of themselves as they attempt to promote themselves to potential partners? Now, I don't know if they set out to make these as cheesy or as cringeworthy as they could. Or maybe it's just that everything in the 80s now looks cheesy. Let's take a look at some of these examples of cheesy self-promotional videos. Are you looking for Okay, early to bed, early to rise makes a woman healthy, wealthy and wise. That's why you're wiser than me. It's Stephen. Hi, I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. Hi, my name's Monroe. Uh, you've probably already noticed that I have incredibly blue eyes. Hi, my name is Phil. Uh, most of my friends call me Big Phil. Hang on a minute. When a skinny guy with huge ears tells you that most of his friends call him Big Phil, uh, there are a couple of things uh, to understand here. With the inverted commas on the big, we assume it implies he has a huge schmeat for which he would like the ladies watching the video to know about. And while it's not beyond the realms of possibility, it's more likely that... Your voice doesn't match your face. Bitch, your dick don't match your balls. I play guitar. I'm Aton. Hi, I'm Fred. Hi, my name's Mike, and if you're sitting there watching this tape smoking your cigarette, well, hit the fast-forward button, because I don't smoke and I don't like people who do smoke. I'm not afraid to get sand on my tuxedo if you're not afraid to let the wind mess your hair up a little bit when I take the top down. Perhaps even a, a nice bath with some champagne and candles. Hi, Mom. Um, I do fashion photography, and I do consider myself a refined valley dude. Okay, I'm looking for a trendy girl with a simple smile. Wait, it says here, oh, excuse me. Now, I'm not sure if there was coaching going on there, but uh, if there were, I would suggest that the guys should ask for their money back. Not only were some of the outfits they were wearing screaming, stay away, I just puked on myself, but some of what they were saying didn't exactly exude, I'm worth it, come and check me out. While it appears that uh, men far outweighed women when it came to producing dating videos, there were some videos that were created by women, and compared to today's standard of what women 
women were prepared to show during their videos on dating apps, the conservative women of the 80s appeared to be more interested in the man with the money and those men willing to take care of their entire families. Oh, that there? Oh. Hi, my name is Brandy. I'm 27. I am from uh, a small town just south of Alva, Kentucky. I have a very large family. I'm 14th in a family of 16. Um, we're uh, a full family, full and full-figured, some of us. <laughs> uh, but don't let that scare you. They're, you get used to the smell. I like listening to the radio. I really like Bon Jovi. I think he's pretty neat. Uh, he's pretty neat. Yeah. I come from a really small town and uh, a few years ago we had quite a large mining accident and uh, most of the local uh, males uh, just didn't make their way out. What am I, what am I looking for? Um, education is important, so uh, driver's license. Uh, my turnoffs would include, um, oh, Our turnoffs, not having a bank account, too fast. I, I don't like fast hands. Those hands can slow right down. It would be nice if uh, you haven't been incarcerated, although um, maybe you have a good reason. So here I am. Uh -huh. Please uh, call me, uh, contact me anytime, any anytime, anytime, uh, <laughs> anytime. Let's move forward in time. Now, there's a plethora of dating apps, and I do use the term dating in a very loose way, given that the premise for which one may use this app may not necessarily meet the traditional understanding of what a date actually is. There is no shortage of those on the internet promoting dating apps and those who promote themselves as dating app experts. If you, as a listener, are a regular user of dating apps, perhaps some of these may be familiar to you. Have you ever wanted to put out an anonymous ad that would detail all of your hookup desires? Well, with Pure, this is possible. Which is Hinge. Hinge is one of the best apps out there for long-term commitments for monogamous, serious relationships. Fact of the matter is that I just can consistently get results on Tinder. So with Silver Singles, you can choose from a membership that is three months, six months, or 12 months. The first stop on our list of the best online dating apps is eHarmony. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably seen hundreds or thousands of commercials for this online dating app, or you've heard friends talking about it. With so many dating apps comes choice. And I'm not just talking about the apps themselves. Think about it for a minute. When I refer to choice, I mean the number of potential matches, hookups, etc. And that raises the question, is having so many choices a good thing? Well, here's a guy who doesn't think so, and this is why. There's this thing called the paradox of choice. In simple terms, it's when you have more choices available, you tend to make worse choices and be more dissatisfied with the choices you actually end up making. Why? Number one is regret and anticipated regret. Let's say you're shopping for the perfect coffee maker and you hop on Amazon and see the plethora of options and you're thinking, if I choose this one, will I regret it? Is this gonna be the best one? Let me read 957 customer reviews. You do all this before even buying it and trying it. Number two, opportunity cost. If I choose this coffee maker, will it hinder the possibility of choosing another potentially better coffee maker? 
Number three, high expectations. This coffee maker better make the best, highest quality coffee anyone has ever tasted. Never break down, and I also want it to sing to me in the morning. Are you the right one? Number four, self-blame. If the coffee maker I chose doesn't fulfill all these expectations, I'm gonna blame myself for being a stupid moron who can't even choose a good coffee maker, and that's why Stacy divorced me. Oh my God, I miss her, Stacy. Anyways, this should worry you a little bit because the point I'm trying to highlight is that you'll never really be satisfied with more choices. As a matter of fact, it'll do quite the opposite. Having too many choices is actually making you miserable. Let's circle back to dating. So I get it now. Um, you're not talking about coffee, right? Now, of course, you could argue that dating is way more abstract than shopping for a coffee maker online. But you have to remember that human beings are creatures of habit. And let me explain why that's important. Habits are just regular behaviors that you've developed by repetition of a certain action. To better illustrate this, let's talk about Pavlov's dogs. So there was this Russian scientist that ran this experiment in the 19th century where he got a bunch of dogs and every time he fed them, he would ring a bell. He did this enough times to the point where he would ring the bell and the dogs would salivate since they were expecting food, even if he didn't actually give them any. Now, we're no better than these dogs. Psychologist Dean Ware explains this. When brain cells communicate a lot, the connection between them strengthens, and the messages that travel the same pathway in the brain over and over again begin to transmit faster and faster. So this means that with enough repetition of those behaviors, it becomes automatic. For example, reading, driving, and riding a bike are examples of complicated behaviors that we do automatically just because our neural pathways have already been formed. So imagine how much faster an easy behavior, such as opening an app and swiping and messaging strangers, becomes automatic just to get stuck in the same paradox of choice that we spoke of before. It's a vicious cycle and everything's always new and exciting and your brain loves experiencing new things. There's a part of the brain known as the novelty center. It's linked directly to the hippocampus, which is the brain's learning center, and the amygdala, which manages emotions. Now, when you experience unexpected stimulation, like a notification from Tinder or Bumble, an emotional spike, like someone says you're hot, <laughs> you're hot, or the need to respond behaviorally. For example, checking one of these apps when you're bored. Then that novelty center goes into full gear. So the novelty triggers your brain to learn something easier and incites an emotional response associated with it. In simple terms, our brains love doing something new. So let's say you start going on a lot of dates from these apps. In the beginning, dates are exciting. It's something new, it's like an adventure. You dress up, you look cute, you smell good, and then you meet up with another beautiful person, hopefully. During the date, you're wondering what they're thinking of, what are you going to say next, and how are you going to get them naked? It's a rush of emotions that makes you feel incredible, and you want to keep having that feeling. However, of course, just like anything else, over time, our brains recognize patterns, so dates with that person aren't so new anymore, and they're not that exciting. The world of online dating can be fraught with danger, misgiving, stress, confidence-sapping disappointments. Let's have a listen to some examples of these outcomes from the online dating experience. <gasps> Dude, check it out. New match on Tinder. Nice. What you gonna say to her, though? Mm, I'm gonna ask her if she wants to have sex, and then if she rejects me, I'm gonna tell her she's fat. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, know what, I know that's what's up. <laughs> hey, Gary. Michael? Yeah. You look a little different from your picture. I'm gonna be honest with you. I lied about my age. 
said you were 65, but you don't look a day over 52. I'm sorry, I only like men who can get the senior discount and there's no way I'm paying full price for this. Goodbye. Well, at least you didn't call Catfish on me. I've been on that damn show three damn times. <gasps> Ooh, another Tinder match. Ooh, this one's hot. He could be the one, what are you gonna say? Nothing, I'm just on here to boost my self-confidence. But aren't you always talking about how you wish you could find love? Yeah, but I don't think I deserve that yet. <laughs> so, how's Grinder going? Did you meet any new guys yet? No, I don't really get it. Oh, you just see which guys are near you, you chat, send pics, and meet up. No, I get how the app works. I'm talking about people's profiles. What is a Canadian power wolf seeking a Peter Pan laundry boy? That's a lumberjack looking for a maid. I think you got the wrong app, honey. See, that's Grinder. There's something I have to tell you. What's up, man? I used your picture on blackpeoplemeet.com and now I have a date. Come on, man, you know that's messed up. You can't just steal somebody's picture and more importantly, racial identity. The black experience isn't a joke. Oh my God, Vanessa. Joe, it's so nice to finally meet you. I know, we've been texting for like four months. Yeah, I feel like we know each other so well already. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you about that guy at work that I... Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you my sister? She... Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So do you want to just bang and never talk to each other again? Yes, please. Cool. Great. Man, I never get any matches on Tinder. That's because you're a douchebag. <laughs> Try this new dating app, Doucheless. Okay, how's that work? I'll show you. Hey, yo, ma, you got a fat ass. <laughs> Translating. Hello, forgive me if I'm being forward, but I think your eyes are very beautiful. The other side of the online dating experience is the scammer. That's right, men and women preying on those using these apps to find a match and possibly a long-term partner, and then somehow completely beyond their capability to ask questions or say no when the scammer asks for money, these people hand over thousands of dollars. You know, the question all online daters ask themselves as they swipe right is, is this person really who they say they are? And we've all heard online dating horror stories, but Acacia's story goes far beyond a bad date. I just don't understand how a human being can turn around and hurt so many people like that. She was scammed out of thousands of dollars, and the worst part, she wasn't the only victim. Wilson Jackson targeted single women on social media and on dating sites, luring them with dinners and promises of a relationship. So now let's hear directly from the woman who lived through it. Thanks so much for sitting down with us. Why don't you start by telling us where you are in your life at this point? I am a veteran. I was in the Air Force for nine years and I do have two master's degrees, one in business and one in psychology. I'm very well traveled throughout the world, experiencing lots of different people and cultures. What initially got you into online dating? Well, I just kind of had a rough holidays and so I was just open to the idea and honestly he had contacted me on social media and we had mutual friends so I just kind of felt comfortable. Did you know what his job was? Yes, yeah, so his story is that he owns this solar energy company. I just was like, okay, he has a job. He just made me feel comfortable in that sense. Did you Google him? Uh, no, not at that time. I did not Google him. And what were all the things you liked about him? Well, he was into the gym. I like working out and I'm a diehard college football fan. So he really just picked up on that. What kind of compliments would he 
to give you. He would text me in the morning, good morning, beautiful. And he was very in contact with me nonstop. You know, hey, I'm headed to the gym. I'll hit you up in a couple hours. And I would hear from him in a couple hours. So he just made me believe him and believe his story. So that was what I fell for, I guess. How long did your relationship last? I wouldn't call it a relationship, but we were probably talking for almost three weeks before I flew out to see him. And how did that come fly out and see me conversation go? So I remember that Friday morning, I was literally in bed and he was like, what are you gonna do? I'm like literally staying in my bed all day. And so he's like, well, let's get you a ticket. And I even went and got my hair done. And I remember being all excited and he sent me the tickets via text message. So I packed some stuff and I went to the airport and they said that the ticket wasn't good. And so, of course, I text him right away and said, hey, they're saying the ticket's not good. So I'm like, what do you want me to do? And he said to go ahead and get the ticket myself and he would reimburse me once I got there. And so I went ahead and purchased the ticket. But in the meantime, he had texted me a picture of himself in front of a Wells Fargo sign saying he was at the bank trying to get the situation resolved. Again, we had built up rapport up to that point, sure. so I believed what he was telling me. It's, you know, a few hundred bucks, it wasn't that big a deal to me. Acacia Udinat met Wilson Jackson online and after three weeks she made the spontaneous decision to visit him in LA so you get on the plane you land and he picks you up yes he picked me up and I remember being all nervous you know because it was my first time meeting him and he was a gentleman he got out of the car he opened the door for me he loaded my bag in the back we ended up going to the movies talked in the car got to the movie theater, he paid for my ticket. He didn't try anything, he wasn't aggressive. And then we went back to his house. It was a one bedroom, one bath apartment, but it was decorated very nice. He had nice furniture, nice clothes. Everything to me in my head added up at that point. And I stayed the night. He cooked me breakfast, so we had a nice morning. And then he took me back to the airport. So how did he steal your financial information? I took a shower, and while I was in the shower, that's when he went in my wallet. He took pictures of my credit cards and debit cards, the fronts, the backs, my ID. All my financial information was in there as well as my checkbook. He had taken checks from the center of my checkbook. He had my address, he had my date of birth, he had my first, middle, and last name. He had everything that he needed to be able to do anything with my ID, essentially. When did you realize something was wrong? I flew back and I remember on the way back when he took me back to the airport, he had to get gas. And for whatever reason, I looked on my maps just to see like the general area that we were in. And thank God I did because that eventually comes into play. But he flew me home. He said, touch base with me. I did. That Sunday morning, he texted me like, good morning, beautiful. And I said, good morning back. But then we didn't message each other like the rest of the day. Monday morning, I woke up. And that is when there was almost $3,000 missing out of my account and there was three charges. The first charge was to Wingstop. The next charge was $2,500 using Square Cash. And then there was another charge for a plane ticket. So of course I called my bank and I said, you know, hey, this isn't me. Right away, I just knew it had to be him. What the fuck? Hang on a minute, let me get this straight. Only met the guy three weeks ago. Didn't Google him. Says he owns a solar energy business. Should have money. Big red flag. He can't pay for the ticket to get her there? Well, I guess that's a lesson for young players and those with double master's degrees. Associated to the online dating is the catfish. That's right. Which for those who don't know, catfishing is where you represent yourself online with a fake profile, pictures, and a background story to the 
deceive another person, typically to swindle money from them or to make the catfisher feel better about themselves. Nowadays, dating has turned into an online endeavor, especially with the impact the pandemic has had on most of our personal relationships. Meeting new people online can be a cool thing because it opens you up to so many more people than you would normally meet just in person, but it also opens you up to catfishes. As we continue to meet and talk to people on the internet, knowing the signs of a catfish can be vital. So let's talk about the top 10 ways to tell if you're being catfished. At number 10, suspicious photos. Let's say that you've been talking to someone online and you're catching feelings for this person. You believe that all is well, except there's something a little sus about their photos. If you think that the pictures they have on social media or that they send you are a little weird, you might be getting catfished. For example, if they have a lot of group photos or low quality pictures of their face, chances are they might not be who they say they are. Sometimes people zoom in on a group photo and share that, pretending to be someone from their friend group or another group of people. If you find that they can never seem to share an in-moment selfie, this could also be a red flag alerting you to the possibility that they're lying about their appearance. If you find that they never post pictures with other people like family or friends, this could also be a little sus because this person could be stealing photos from someone else and they could also be using old pictures. And lastly, if you're able to reverse Google search their picture and it comes up as being from someone else, you know you've been bamboozled and you better get out of that relationship quickly. At number nine, lying about their career. When you're using apps like Tinder or Bumble, a lot of times people will often include their alma mater in their bio. Most of the time you'll see normal schools like state schools or local colleges or universities, but there are also the select few profiles you may come across to say this person went to Yale or Harvard or another one of those huge Ivy League schools. While yes, this can check out some of the time, other times this person is catfishing you. One way to catch them would be to ask about their job. I promise you, if this person says they went to Harvard Law, they have a job. No one would be turning down a Harvard Law student. If you're talking to someone claiming that they are unemployed despite having gone to an Ivy League school, there's a good chance that they're just lying to impress you. There's nothing wrong with going to a regular college or university, and I'm sure that anyone would be impressed by the fact that you got a post-secondary education in general, because a lot of people can't actually afford that, and it's honestly a privilege to be able to get an education, so there's no need to lie about it and catfish someone. That's just disrespectful, so look out for that red flag. At number eight, too perfect. We may all be familiar familiar with the phrase, too good to be true, but this saying is something to definitely keep in mind when meeting people online. As much as we'd all like to match with someone who looks like they were chiseled by the gods, in reality, things don't always work out like that. If there's one thing I'm sure many of us have learned through watching the MTV show Catfished, it's that the most common trope in catfishing is pretending to be some super hot model type person. Now don't get me wrong, we all have a shot at getting that happily ever after with someone who looks like they belong on the cover of Vogue, but when it comes to online dating, you never truly know who you're talking to unless you meet them in person. But it's not just looks that can con you into thinking that this person is too perfect. Even if this individual looks like a normal person but claims that they're a heart surgeon at a children's hospital who volunteers at the shelter and writes poetry on the side, you might be getting catfished. Catfishes can also try and woo you with their charm and alleged riches, so unless you know someone who can back up their lavish claims, they might be too good to be true. At number seven, no phone calls. Communication is a big thing in a relationship, whether it's romantic or just as friends. Talking to each other is really important. Though texting is all fine and dandy, sometimes you just want to hear this person's voice 
voice and so what happens if they refuse to call you? Well, unfortunately, that's another red flag. Dodging a few calls here and there could be nothing to worry about, like if you caught them at work or on the can or something, but if it's a constant dismissal of any sort of vocal communication, that could be a problem. There could be a number of reasons why this person wouldn't want to talk to you on the phone. They could reveal too much about themselves over the phone, mainly the sound of their real voice. If they've sent you videos of themselves in the past and their voice on the phone doesn't line up with that from their videos, they could be a catfish. They could also reveal themselves to be someone that you know, pretending to be someone else as you'd recognize their voice. Though some catfish are able to use voice modifiers to keep up the lie, others aren't so advanced and may request to not speak over the phone so that they don't get caught. At number six, no FaceTime. Much like the no phone calls thing, another warning sign that you may have fallen victim to a catfish is the fact that the person you're talking to refuses to have any FaceTime calls. Like I said earlier, communication is a huge thing and so being able to talk face to face, even if it's not in person, is a good way to establish a better relationship. A lot of the time, catfishers will refuse to do video calls and give a lot of excuses like, oh my FaceTime doesn't work, or oh my phone is about to die, or my camera is broken. If this person really likes you the way you think they do, they would find a way to talk to you face to face. It's only natural. So when someone keeps giving you excuses as to why you can't talk to them one on one like that, I think it's safe to say that you're being catfished. At number five, no Snapchat. Continuing with the theme, if your partner doesn't have Snapchat, it could also be a potential red flag. Now, some people say that if the person you're talking to doesn't have a Snapchat account, it could be a huge red flag, but I'm not so sure. I mean, there are a lot of people who don't have Snapchat for personal reasons. I think that it's a bigger red flag if this person does have a Snapchat, but doesn't have a very big snap score. Basically, if you look at their profile on Snapchat, you can see their snap score, which is the number of snaps that they've sent or received. For people who are very active on the platform or have had their account for a long time, they'd have a pretty high snap score, but if it's suspiciously low, you might have a problem. Chances are they could have made this profile to catfish you or other people that they've met online, so question them on it. And if their answers seem a little suspicious, Move on, honey. At number four, no meetups. Now, if you've been chatting with someone you've met online for some time, you may want to take things to the next step and try meeting up with them in person. Normally, if it's a proper relationship, the two people would make plans to have a first date or something, but if the person you're talking to always seems to dodge the meetup, you may be dealing with a catfish. For catfishes who pretend to be rich business people or something along those lines, they could possibly make the excuse like, oh, I'm always traveling, but in that case, you'd question how strange it is for them to be traveling everywhere except for where you live. It's a little weird, right? Another red flag could be their excuses. Say for example, you two decide to meet up for dinner and just before the date, you get a message from them detailing some dramatic event that's preventing them from meeting up. That could be a huge cause for concern, especially if it happens on multiple occasions. Keep track of their responses and if it seems too over the top or dramatic, or even if they use the same excuse multiple times, it might be time to end things. At number three, asking for money. One of the biggest warning signs that you could be getting catfished would be that this person keeps asking you for money. There have been so many stories of catfishes asking their partners for financial support, and it's so sad to see these people getting taken advantage of. So if this happens to you, get out of there. There is no reason for someone that you just met to be asking you for money. Even if they make excuses like they're going to use the money to buy a webcam or something so they can video call you, or that they needed to buy a new phone to talk to you, never, 
ever, ever give a stranger money no matter how badly they say they need it. There have been too many scams prying on vulnerable people, so please keep this in mind when meeting new people online. If you're in a real relationship with a real person, they would never ask you for money. Never give out personal information to people you don't know and always be vigilant. At number two, they're famous. If you match with someone online and their profile says that they're famous, don't buy it. Unless they're calling themselves famous because they have like a thousand YouTube subscribers, it's probably too good to be true. Chances are you didn't match with Tom Holland on Bumble as much as you would like that to be real. I think by now most people would know to be a little apprehensive if you match with a celebrity online or if a celebrity slides into your DMs out of the blue. A lot of catfishers impersonate celebrities and influencers to trick people, especially their fans, into believing that it's really them. There have been countless times that people have been tricked into believing that they're dating Megan Fox or Chris Hemsworth and people have gotten their hearts broken or worse. Catfishes impersonate famous people because it's easy to get a hold of their pictures and personal information and because like I said, fans are easy targets. So as much as you would love to date a Hollywood A-lister, chances are you won't find them on Tinder. At number one, gut feeling. I've told you about other signs and red flags to look out for to tell if you're being catfished, but I think the biggest tell is yourself. If you have a feeling in your gut telling you that this is wrong, you're probably right. I'm sure at any point in a conversation with someone you're interested in, there would come a time where you think, hmm, I don't think this is working. And if you feel that way, end things. When it comes to meeting strangers online, you have to keep your guard up because there are unfortunately a lot of people out there looking to exploit you or hurt you for their own gain. And that's just not okay. So next time you're talking to someone new online and you have that gut feeling, leave them on red and move on because you're worth so much and don't deserve to be bamboozled by anyone. As I do at the end of all my podcasts, I withdraw my middle finger and I dial down the sarcasm and let me increase the level of sincerity. In this episode, we looked at online dating, the technologies, the possible benefits and downside to this activity. For those uh, that are socially awkward or shy, the internet and the use of online dating apps may be of an assistance to meet others. However, at the same time, these apps can also provide a fertile ground for scammers and those that are looking to take advantage of people's insecurities and will capitalize at any opportunity. I'm your host, Digaf, and this has been The View From My Middle Finger. You can listen to my podcast episodes on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and wherever good podcasts are found. You can also check out our website. Just search for tvfmmf.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com tvfmmfinger. And remember, if you don't like the view from my middle finger, too bad, try your own.